Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Happy Derby Day! Dare I say, it doesn't look like rain is falling outside. We're going to have a pair of horse racing experts in about a half hour, including my guy Jim Miller. But first, some hoops and football and a little baseball with Horvey. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Most of you know that I've got BetQL daily weekdays 8 to 11 a.m., on the BetQL network, Odyssey app, 105.9 FM, HD2, Twitch, all that good stuff. And my guy, Ryan Horvat, he's got BetMGM tonight, weeknights 6 to 10. That very same BetQL network. You can catch it here on town. And sometimes after a game, if the Cubs are on the East Coast, you'll catch the uh, the very end of BetMGM tonight right here on 670. The score, Ryan Horvat on Twitter by his name. What's up, Horvy? Hello, Joe. Uh Always the best time of the year. We're coming off the NFL draft, and uh, we've got the uh, Major League Baseball season going down. Although it's depressing as a Cubs fan, obviously they're mm-hmm. they're an embarrassment. They're a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, it's, what were you expecting? Just huh? that, just that. That is exactly what I was expecting, and so uh, it's going down exactly as I've expected. Also, uh, we got the NBA playoffs, and we have uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning. So, best time of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, a lot happening. I feel like I always have to remind people. Sometimes I have to remind myself. You just did it for the audience. Oh, yeah, I am a Cubs fan, but if they follow you on social media. You follow the Brewers closely because you were up there working for so long following that team. You are a Packers fan and you are a Bulls fan, but I'm sure some people confuse you for a Bucks fan. Well, I'll tell you, for the next couple of weeks, I'm both a Bucks and a Celtics fan because That's I true. have futures on both teams. I have the Bucks. Uh, to rep the East in the finals from early on in the season. And then, you know, a couple months ago, I played the Celtics. I played them a couple different times. I took them to win the finals, and then I took them to come out of the East as well. And it looks like Marcus Smart's going to be back for tonight's game. Mm -hmm. Uh, As long as they stay healthy, man. I mean, I've just been really high on them all season long. I like Jason Tatum. The last couple of years with Boston, I mean, especially when Brad Stevens was there, 
they couldn't find their true point guard. They had the Kyrie experiment. They had the Kemba Walker experiment. They tried Dennis Schroeder. That was an absolute disaster. And now they finally have just stuck with Marcus Smart, and he wins Defensive Player of the Year, even though I don't think he deserved it. I don't even think he's the Defensive Player of the Year on Man, his own team. I think that's Robert You know Williams. what? I'm glad you brought that up. Let's circle back to the games tonight after these four teams went on by. I don't know what's happening with this schedule. I mean, they haven't played in like nearly a week. It, right. I know it's because both games are on ABC today. They want the Saturday afternoon, Saturday night audience. I get all that. But, I mean, come on. It's been so long since these two teams have gone at it. We'll, we'll get back to these two series. The awards. And I think betters care more than most NBA fans, yep. most NBA voters. You just mentioned you didn't think Marcus Smart deserved Defensive Player of the Year. I kind of agree with you. Jaron Jackson Jr. should have been top three. He wasn't. Make some sense of that. Most improved player, John Morant. Are you kidding me? Guy's already a stud. He's number two overall pick. But now he's the most improved player. Coach of the year. Okay, I guess you can make a case that it should be Monty Williams. But historically, it's on a team that takes a big jump. I don't know what's going on with these awards anymore. I don't know if we should be betting them as much as we have in the past. No, I completely agree. And I think that that's something to look into next year is I might just pump the brakes on these unless you're getting crazy value, like in the middle of the season, right? Like that I understand, but coach of the year, there's a great example right there because last year I thought it should have been Monty Williams because of that right, yes. of that right there. Many took the Suns, who the Suns had a nice little run in the bubble. Then they acquire Chris Paul, who a lot of people, I'd say 60% of the fans thought he was probably finished. I mean, he's not getting any younger. He's always injured. They had the best record in the NBA. They go to the NBA finals and it goes to Tibbs, who I love Tibbs. Don't get me wrong, but Tibbs didn't deserve it just for taking that Knicks team to the playoffs. They didn't even get out of the first round. They lost to Atlanta. So that makes no sense. And I get it's a regular season award, but I mean, they won, you know, a little bit over 40 games and the Suns won 60 games last year. So that didn't make sense. This year, it should be Taylor Jenkins. Who saw this coming from Memphis? They're young, but I mean, they're the second seed in the Western Conference. And if you're a better, they were the best team against the spread all season long. So I love this Grizzlies team. And I think that the coach of the year should be Taylor Jenkins. Should have been Taylor Jenkins over Monty Williams. Most improved player. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like I had a couple plays on Ja actually to win MVP. So I was upset about that. And I think he should be in the running for MVP, not most improved player. That's somebody else on his team. That's Desmond Bain. Jaron Jackson, I had a bet on him to win defensive player. Again, I don't think Marcus Smart's the best defender on his own team. I think that's Robert Williams. And I think if Robert Williams doesn't get injured and miss those last 20 games or whatever it was, he probably would have been defensive player of the year. So, yeah, the NBA awards, man, a little phony. <laughs> All right, let's go to the C's and the Bucks. Now, I think the series prices, how they've uh, been all over the map, is pretty fascinating. Going in, it was Boston minus 200. Bucks go there, steal home court, take game one in convincing fashion. And then the Bucks become the series favorite. Then the Celtics, as expected, they win game two at home in that bounce back spot. And now the Celtics are favored once again for the series uh, going to Milwaukee. Now, Milwaukee still has home court, but Boston's the favorite. I find that very interesting. It's Boston minus 135 for the series. If you're making a series bet, now what I did is, is I waited to take the Celtics at plus money after game one. That, that's the bet that I made. So just put, putting that out there. And before the series started, I bet Celtics minus a game and a half. Right now, the Celtics minus game and a half. I'm considering going back to that well because it's plus 210. What do you think? We would need the Celtics to win in six games or fewer for that to get home. 
So it's funny that you bring that up because I put that bet in and I actually had to send a text message over to my brother who is in the the Chicagoland area because I'm in Maryland. That's where I'm living right now. And we don't have like I can't bet mobily. Now I do the old fashioned way. I didn't want to miss the price on that. So that's what I went with. I do think that this is Boston series. I also did jump on them after they lost game one. I thought that that was a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, I went on with my friends in Milwaukee at 1250 AM, the fan and Odyssey station, my guy, Bart Winkler, and they were Mm -hmm. very, very super confident. Let's just say, man, that it was going to be a sweep. Uh, This is still the same Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that they saw in the postseason a couple of years ago. And I completely disagree. That's my thing with this Boston team, man. The last couple of years with Brad Stevens, they were trying to figure out who's the go-to guy. Is it Jalen Brown or or is it Jason Tatum? And this year they finally figured out, no, Tatum's a top 10 player in this league. He should be an MVP candidate. He's the go-to guy in the fourth quarter. Don't get me wrong. Jalen Brown's really good. We saw that game too. They won that game because of Jalen Brown. And I was a little worried about him because he's playing with the hamstring injury. He was awful game one, but everybody from Boston was awful game one. And that's the thing. If you look at that game, I mean, they just couldn't hit shots. They had good looks, but they couldn't hit shots. And Giannis put up numbers. He had a triple double, but this is the only team. Them, Toronto a couple of years ago with Nick Nurse and then Eric Spolstra, he does do a pretty good job defending Giannis. They build that wall. But look what Boston's doing right now against Giannis. You're, you're never going to stop him from putting up 20 per game and getting double-digit boards and eight assists. He's always going to get his numbers. I think he's the best player on the planet. But Boston makes it really tough for him. Right now, he's not knocking down his three. They're playing physical with him. Al Horford is like the Giannis stopper. Um, and they're throwing multiple yeah. bodies at him. Jason Tatum's on him. You know who's done a good job on him has been Grant Williams. Grant Williams played really well game two and he was pretty good defensively game one so I like the Celtics in this series I wouldn't be shocked if the Celtics go all the way to the finals I know nobody wants to see that matchup of them in Miami and I do think Miami is going to get past Philadelphia because Philadelphia without Embiid looks terrible James Harden looks really washed right now but I just I think people are still sleeping on the Celtics team and I get it because they've let you down in the past but Tatum and Brown are a little bit older Marcus Smart I mean, you saw that in that series against Brooklyn. Go back to that game where he has a clear look at the basket and he gives it up to Jason Tatum for the bucket. What was that, game one or game two, the buzzer beater? Um, he's a different player, man. Now he needs to stop flopping all over the place because he's getting himself injured. But I like Boston a lot in this series, unless Chris Middleton miraculously does come back, which it doesn't look like yep. he's going to be back. If he's playing in this series, that's the difference maker right there. He's Completely. great against the Celtics in the playoffs, but without him, They just don't have another guy. I mean, I like Drew Holiday, but he's using so much energy on the defensive side of the ball. He just looked gassed in that last game. Grayson Allen isn't going to terrorize other teams that aren't the Chicago Bulls. You know what I mean? That's the other thing. The Bucs look great. That's right. Right. hundred percent. And in game number two, Boston made 17 more threes. I mean, you know, this Bucs team inside and out, they don't have those sorts of games in them. Do they not against this defense? No. And that's the thing. Like, Another great example is if you're watching some of these other series, right? Like, like Luca and the Mavs looked really good round one against Utah. And that's because Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, they play no perimeter defense and they rely on Rudy. Everybody, you know, is hard on Rudy Gobert. I think Rudy Gobert, they ask him to protect the rim and the corner and, you know, be their best perimeter defender as well. And that's why now, you know, the first couple games of this series, you know, the Mavs don't look very good right now because, mm. Now you're playing against a team in Phoenix that actually plays perimeter defense with Mikel Bridges and those guys. And Grayson Allen looked great against the Bulls because the Bulls all season long have struggled uh, to defend, especially without Lonzo and without Caruso in that series. 
now that they're playing an actual team that plays defense, Grayson Allen isn't going to have 22, 24 points. Pat Connaughton's not going to score double figures. It really falls on Giannis. And that's the thing. If Middleton doesn't come back, Boston's the better three-point shooting team. Boston's the best. They have the best defense in the NBA. They're just really tough. And I don't think they're getting enough respect. So I do like them in this series against Milwaukee. All right. We're on the same page there. We like them today. We like the uh, Boston Celtics in the series. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. My guest, Ryan Horvat, bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network. We also get the Warriors and the Grizzlies today, a six-and-a-half-point spread. Well, last time we saw the Warriors, before this whole buy thing, were they shooting 17% from threes? And they somehow only lost by five on the road. Still not sure how that happened. We got Clay Thompson traveling in the final minute of the game. I don't think that's going to happen again. Doesn't this just scream jump on the Warriors first quarter or first half Golden State favored by two and a half in the first quarter tonight? And that's exactly what I'm going to do. You know, in the quarter bets, I'm going to go with that because you look at this number, you know, in six and a half, I feel like that's a little inflated, but it would be warriors or nothing in this spot as they do go back home. I mean, it looked like game one was, I mean, both of these games have been great. And I really like this Grizzlies team, this Grizzlies team, you know who they remind me of. They remind me of the team where Derek Rose was the youngest MVP and that bulls team, you know, where they were great all season long, they were a great regular season team, but then they ran into Miami in the Eastern conference finals And it was, you know, LeBron on Derrick Rose in the fourth quarter, shutting him down. And they were trying to rely on Luol Deng and Carlos Boozer. This this Memphis team is probably a little bit better because Jaron Jackson's been good. But, you know, without Dylan Brooks, you know, with these guys being so young and Golden State with all that experience and Steph Curry fully healthy. That's the thing about the Warriors. I was just waiting to make any bets on them, like as far as the futures market, until I saw Draymond come back fully healthy from that back injury. He's looked good. Steph looks good. Now he's back in the starting lineup. Clay is not Clay from a couple of years ago, but I don't think anybody expected that. Just having him out there, especially defensively, has been huge for them. But the big thing for the Warriors has been Jordan Poole. I mean, Jordan Poole has been great. He's been awesome. Now he's coming back off the bench. We'll see how that affects him. You know, he was really good in the starting lineup. We'll see if it affects him coming off the bench, but so far so good. So it'd be Golden State for me. I love the first quarter. I think they'll come out there. And especially coming off a game, like you said, they shot 17% from three. When's the last time you saw the Warriors do that? So I think they roll in the first quarter. I don't trust the full game. It would be Warriors or nothing, uh, but I do like that first quarter bet. Where's the prop on which player is going to get tossed today? I know, Jeez, This is brutal. Hey, if the players continue to conduct themselves in this manner, the refs got to do what they got to do. They can't let them get away with it. It's been brutal so far, and you know they're going to be looking for some revenge. It's going to be nonstop. I mean, Steve Kerr? Calling out Brooks, he broke the code. Man, doesn't it feel like we're back in the 90s? It does, and that's why I love that series. You know, John Morant talking trash a little bit. Steph Curry coming off the floor. He's like, we're going to have some fun in this series. So I I also think, man, I'll say this really quick. I think game three is going to be a rock fight. So the first bet I put in, there was a 227, and now I see 226 and a half. We'll see where that ends up going. But with the total, I actually like the under. I mean, I know it's these two teams. I know that the Warriors shot 17% from three, so we expect them to probably shoot, what, like 60% tonight and score 120 points. But Mm -hmm. I like the under in this game. Yeah, it it has that old-school type feeling. So I think this is the best series out of them all. Um, It's awesome. 
it's yeah, it's great. And I love John Morant. And, and I think this Grizzlies team is only going to be better next year. And I like what they're doing because, you know, they're not going out there and trying to sign these big name free agents. All these guys are pretty much, you know, they've drafted all of these guys. I think the one thing, the one thing I'll knock them for is why did they make that deal for Steven Adams? You know that he can't play when you get into the playoffs. He can't play in these series. And you had Valachunas. You saw what he did for the Pelicans, man. He's like, imagine him with, with this team. I, I don't understand why they made that trade, but they did get a draft pick. Yeah, I didn't really understand that move. That's the only thing I'll say about the Grizzlies. Harvey, I was talking about this with Lawrence on the score the other day. There is not a better betting opportunity as long as you give the effort than the NFL draft. You can't lose money on the NFL draft if you're at least halfway paying attention. And even if you're not paying 100% attention and you kind of wake up the week of and start doing some work, you will not lose money on the NFL draft. Are you with me that uh, once again, we're sitting here saying, I've got to do more betting on the NFL draft. It's our best chance all year when everybody else is paying attention to March Madness, opening day, Masters, NBA playoffs starting. We should continue to dig in on this because there are so many opportunities. Yeah, that's the thing. There's so many opportunities. And it's funny because, you know, people that are just getting into the space or people that have just started betting because obviously it's legal pretty much everywhere now, except for Maryland, unfortunately. Everybody's like, <laughs> man, I didn't even realize you could do this. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah, I, I, I was trying to explain this even to my co-host. I'm like, I have more bets on draft night than I do for the Super Bowl. I have more bets on draft night than I oh, do yeah. madness. You know, even opening weekend where I'm betting pretty much every single game, the total and the side. It's so much different than betting on a game, right? Because the information is there. If you do the research, those couple months leading into the draft, I'm listening to every single market. I'm listening to different podcasts. I'm reading all these mock drafts. I got to be honest with you. The only mock draft that I really care about now, Mel Kuyper, I, I care about still Todd McShay, but I really wait, and it sucks because it's the night before the draft now. When Jared Daniel Jeremiah, Jeremiah, yeah, he releases his final. He's mock. one of them. He's one of them, and I don't want to say it on the air. There are also a few sharp ones that go under the radar that don't have the biggest following that are on top of it 100% that I, I pay close attention to. And they do do a few different mock drafts leading into it because they're scouring through all these quotes and every little bit of information they can get their hands on. Uh, there's some really sharp people that, oh, yeah. that cover this. And then you see they're betting at the end, like, Oh yeah, that's why you made a lot of money. <laughs> when I mentioned opportunities like here in Illinois, you have a bunch of sports books with more coming and a lot of the other legal markets. Okay. Maybe you can't bet as much as you want if you uh, like to get down here, but you know what? Maybe you can bet at six different places, the same thing. And that's exactly what I had to do. And, and yeah. but you get a hold of this information, right? Like, okay. Uh, Stingley could go third overall and everybody thought sauce was going to be the first defensive back drafted. Mm -hmm. So you got a really good price, you know, even, the day before the draft, you were getting plus 200, plus 150. You were getting, I had Stingley to go top 10, which I'll say this about the draft. You know, the draft is the only time of the year where I'm laying some serious juice, though, like minus 200, minus 250. Like, because if you get a hold of good information, you know, even if it's Hutchinson's going to go number two overall to Detroit, you know, they're not passing on him. It's day of draft and he's still sitting there minus 150, minus 200. I'm fine doing that. I mean, if I'm going to bet a day baseball game and I'm going to bet the Yankees against the Orioles or any team against the Reds, which is just continue to bet against the Reds. They're terrible. I'm complaining about the Cubs, at least when yep. I'm Natty fans, man. But like, you know, you're laying minus 200 on some of those days, unless you're going run line. So I have no problem doing it with the, with the NFL draft because the information is there to lose money on the NFL draft. You have to be an idiot. 
I know that's a little I'm telling hard, you. I, I'm like, trying to tell people. If you're even halfway trying, you just take a little bit of time out of your day to read the right stuff, you're clueless if you lose money on the NFL draft. You really I are. I don't want to be this guy, but, I mean, I went 12-2 and two on the draft, right? My, my One of my losses was the Green Bay Packers to select a wide receiver with their first pick because you thought that they had to to make Rodgers happy after losing Devontae Adams. And I was texting back and forth with you, and you're like, I could see them going defense, and that's exactly what they did. <laughs> and it made sense, man, because look at the two guys that they got. They get yeah. two guys from the defensive side of the ball of probably the best college football defense we've seen <laughs> the last decade. But And you know they haven't taken a wide receiver since Javon Walker. What was that, 2002? It's been forever. Yeah. Um, so I should have been expecting that. But that was one of my losses. And then I lost out on Garrett Wilson. Here's the other thing. If you could get a hold of some of these things, get them early because the numbers change, the price changes. Garrett Wilson, I could have hand him. My, my other loss was Garrett Wilson under pick 10 and a half. And he goes, uh, he goes at what, 10? Yeah, he goes 10. So I lost that one because I actually bet uh, under nine and a half because I waited the day before the draft. So that's the other thing. Because you waited, right, yep. right. But, but, but that wasn't really on me. I just didn't have... You know, I have access to there's one legal sports book in Maryland. It's BetMGM, or I'm sorry, in Washington, D.C. I have to make the drive there. So I was texting back and forth, you know, with my buddies back home and, and uh, you know, just trying to get the best numbers and trying to find that bet. And then it was a little bit too late. But, yeah, the NFL draft, in my opinion, the best uh, betting opportunity all year long. I'll remind people again, early April, could have gotten Derek Stingley Jr. to Lovey's team at number three overall at 101. Man. At a hundred to one, you had me cracking up the the other day. Uh, you mentioned at the start of our conversation for people that don't know you that you're a frustrated Cubs fan. Yeah, and uh, you brought up how we haven't seen Tom Ricketts walking around Wrigley, shaking hands and kissing babies lately. Maybe because of COVID. Yeah, maybe because of COVID. <laughs> maybe because the team is an absolute dumpster fire. So the thing is, is the World Series year, I mean, obviously, like we were going to, I was in Iowa at the time, but I would drive up pretty much every other week for the games because I was like, man, I don't know if this is ever going to happen again. I need to be at Wrigley. I at least need to be, you know, at the bars for these events. And so I was going up for the games and we would see Tom Ricketts all the time. And I was like, uh -huh. man, what a cool guy. Kind what of a nice guy. guy. Man of the people. With. Yeah. Then he traded away all my favorite players. Chris Bryant leaves and oh. Rizzo's gone and. And then you just look at it and it's like, you know, going into last week, Rizzo leads Major League Baseball and home runs. And I get it with Rizzo because I didn't know what he had left with with a back injury. He's not getting any younger, obviously. I, I did think they should make a deal for uh, Chris Bryant. Um, so everybody's gone and this team is really tough to watch. Really I, tough to watch. I mean, I, yeah. Listen, man, I feel like I'm talking to my nine-year-old son. He plays a lot of baseball, <laughs> doesn't watch a ton, but every time it's on the TV, it's pointed out, you know, they traded all of their good players. <laughs> yes. I know. I feel like, an yes, I like know. and I get it. And that's dude. And that's major league baseball. So like, I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do feel like I'm nine, 10 years old when I continue. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like baseball, the season is so long and I love it. And it's really all we have in the summer. You know, when we hit June, July, especially we're doing a live betting show, man. So it's all I have. And when your team is 15, 16 games back, like I grew up with this. I grew up with Kevin Ory day. I remember going to Wrigley. But we had Harry at least to entertain us. I was excited for Brent Brown and Kevin Ory. Right. But the teams were always terrible. And we still went every single day. We still went. We had season tickets. And then finally, finally, 2016 happens. And we have a team of just guys that I like, just guys I wanted to root for, like Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. Now it's like, 
Frank Schwindel and Pat Wisdom. And I so mean, yeah, they're, they're nice little they're nice little stories, man. But right. also, I don't want story. I want wins. They're, they're future Joliet slammers. Is that team still around? <laughs> like these guys are terrible. The product is terrible, you know, and, and then you sign Marcus Stroman. I still don't understand the move because, you know, this team's going to be terrible. Hendrix, you never know what you're going to get with Hendrix. I just, it's, it's Harvey, it's, Harvey. We know. Yeah. We yeah. All, we all know. It's yeah. It's uh, <laughs> we've got less than a minute left. Need a derby pick from you. Oh man. All right. So usually I just, I, I'm not going to lie. I usually just go with the Bob Baffert horse. Right. But now obviously uh, he's not going to be there, but he's still got two horses somehow uh -huh. running in this race. He's just got a new trainer or whatever. I went with Zandon plus 400. I'm not going to lie. We had Mark Malusis on out in New York moose. He, he is really good with this stuff. And he mm -hmm. said, if you could get a four to one price, it's not there yet. If you could get a four to one price. And I was looking at my local bookie and the four to one price was there. And I was like, actually moose, I could get it right now. So I'm going with Zandon plus 400 today. What about you? That works for me. I don't know. I listen to smart people. That's what I'm going to do the rest of the show. We're going to preview the Derby run for the roses later today. Jim Miller's going to drop by for about 15 minutes, really break it down. And uh, we'll hear from some other great guests coming up. I listen to the smart people as far as this. I, I don't want to go out there the days before the Derby. Hey, I'm an expert now at horse racing. I, I talked to the people that do this year round. Yeah. Like you, I mean, like you with Moose. I mean, he was naming the trainers and yeah. he was going into, you know, like the history. I was like, okay, you, you, you got me because, Look, like I love Derby Day. I've been to the Derby three times, but um, you know, I'm wait, not you're not ready. going, right? No, unfortunately. So my buddies, okay. I, I saw something on Twitter. I'm like, wait, wait, is he going? No, today? I have some friends. I was trying to, but uh, Mother's Day on Sunday. Yeah, that's so a thing. It's still it wasn't exists. going, and I'm out here. <laughs> yes, it, it wasn't going to work out. So I, I'm taking one for the team and going out to dinner with my wife instead on Sunday. Taking one for the team and spending time with my family is what he just said on this 50,000 watt juggernaut 670 yeah. Discord in Chicago, where he has a lot of family. Taking yeah. one for the team. It's Derby <laughs> week, man. It's Derby day. Gotcha. Always time. a lot going on. All right. Thanks, Horvy. Appreciate it as always. All right. Thanks, man. Ryan Horvat, Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL network. He might be in trouble now. We'll keep you up to speed. Our buddy Jim Miller joins me next to tell you everything you need to know about the greatest two minutes in sports, the Kentucky Derby. This is Early Odds, Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The Kentucky Derby is here. Our amazing partner, Hawthorne Racecourse, is offering you the option to compete in a special free-to-play contest for the Derby. This free online contest is simple. Pick the top 10 horses in the correct finishing order and win $100,000. But that's not all. Our friends at Club Hawthorne have a brand-new mobile app so you can bet on horse racing from anywhere. To sweeten the deal, if you sign up today, you'll get $50 when you bet $50. Must use code PB50 upon signing up. Get ready for the most iconic horse racing event in the country. And to prepare us for that event later on today, we bring in weekly contributor here on Early Odds, our friend Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse and PointsBet at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. You ready, Jim? I'm ready. I've been waiting for this day, Joe, for so long. And I'll tell you, this has been a really fun derby season because we've seen all the prep races leading up to the running of the Kentucky Derby. We were basically just waiting for the post draw and seeing who the 20 horses were going to be that are going into the gate later on today. But I'll tell you, it could be a very wide open race. There's not going to be a heavy favorite, 
And I even think the morning line uh, odds maker missed on a few horses too, which oh. could provide a little bit of value. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. The free contest that you guys are offering with the opportunity to win 100K. Yeah. Uh, any, anything else that our early odds listeners need to know about that to get signed up? You made the most important point. It's free. You want to sign up for this contest because anytime you can take a shot at something for free, go ahead and do so. Even if you want to pick numbers, anything can happen. The one good thing about a contest like this is at least you have to put a little bit of handicapping logic into it to know kind of horses you may want to toss out, horses you may want to use, but hey, you might get lucky. And if you get lucky, you're going to earn a whole lot of money. So definitely go and check it out and sign up. And they can do that at HawthorneRacecourse.com? Yep. HawthorneRacecourse.com is going to have all that information right there. It's a nice little tie-in. I'll tell you, it's going to be a busy day. Hawthorne will be busy. Our club Hawthorne OTBs will be busy too, Joe, but it'll be fun because it looks like we're going to be dry. We're going to have horse racing going on live at Hawthorne surrounding the races from Churchill Downs. So if you're at Hawthorne or any of the OTB locations, it's a great place to get set up or you can wager right there on the app. All right, let's get to the run for the roses. Go over some of these horses. Last few weeks, for those that have been with us, we've been touching on some of the keynotes. We're going to repeat those points again. And Jim said he thinks there's some opportunity for those catching up with their research before they bet on the Derby. Let's go back to Monday, the draw. Which horses were the winners and losers based on Monday's draw? Well, the biggest loser of all always is the horse that draws the inside, Joe. And this was a horse that everybody was actually talking about leading into the race. This was Mo Donegal, the horse that won the Wood Memorial, came flying late and posted a decent number. They got stuck in post number one. And we're going to talk a little bit about the recency edge over the last 10 runnings of the Derby. Nobody inside of post number five has won the race. Definitely hurts Mo Donegal. It also hurts Epicenter, too. This horse drew post number three. And this is a horse that I actually do think will go favored in the race. I think Epicenter is the most proven horse in the field. But again, when you're on the inside of a field of 20, Joe, it's really tough because you have that long run down the grandstand, but everybody's trying to get tucked in to save a little bit of ground into that first turn. So those outside horses with speed are going to try to cross over. The inside horses, if they get away just a step slowly, their day could be over if they're not a horse that's just a stone closer. But this is a type of race where horses do not come from off the pace and regularity to win. So Mo Donegal, the biggest loser, Epicenter, their connections can't be overly excited either with post number three. And both horses, very short numbers. What about the winners as far as uh, the post positions? You know what? Winners for post position now, it used to be all the way up until 2020. You wanted to be around, say, post 13, 14, 15, 16, because the starting gate at Churchill Downs used to be a 14-horse starting gate and then a six-horse auxiliary gate attached to that. And what happened is post 14 and 15, there was actually a little bit of room there because the attachment for the gate. So there was a little bit of wiggle room. But then in 2020, the 20-horse starting gate was brought onto Churchill Downs. Now that tightened things up a little bit. So now you want to be a little bit closer to the inside if you're a speed type of horse. So horses like Messier, they drew really well, post number six. Charge it, post number eight. They drew well. Zandon drew okay being in post 10, but that horse is a closer, so it may not really matter. And then Taiba, the 12-hole, again, not too bad for a horse that can show some speed. Those outside horses maybe still have to work a little bit. Classic Causeway in post 17 and Zozos in post 19 to get tucked in. But now those horses that are basically post, say, 6 through 12 are really in the prime spots. Will weather be a factor today at the Derby? could be a factor. There's thunderstorms expected. Now, the one great thing about the Churchill Downs racetrack is it drains extremely well. We've seen times where it's rained on Derby morning 
and stops, say, 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and they've still had a fast track for the Kentucky Derby. Now, rain is in the forecast this morning, so you definitely have to look and see. The Derby doesn't go off until almost 6 o'clock Central Time, so there's a lot of time for a track to dry out. Of course, a little bit of sun will help. But even if there's a little bit of moisture in that racetrack, I don't think it'll really affect anybody, but I don't think we're going to see a very sloppy racetrack for the Derby. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings on Sports Radio 670, the score weekly contributor. This is his day. It's his Super Bowl for Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse and Points Bet Sportsbook. All right, you think Epicenter will go off as the favorite, so let's start there with the three-horse. Not a great draw but you think Epicenter will be the favorite. What are your thoughts? You know what? Epicenter is just a horse that after its first race last September has really done nothing wrong, Joe. And that first race was seven eighths of a mile. So this was a horse that definitely wanted to go a little bit longer. But since then, it was win by daylight, win by daylight, near miss by a head, then two more wins by daylight. And the last two wins coming in the Risen Star and the Louisiana Derby. Now the Louisiana Derby last year had the horse that was moved up to the winner and Mandaloon come out of that race. Of course, Medina Spirit crossed the wire first, but Epicenter has been very consistent. And the other thing, Joe, running style is very important in the Derby. You go over the last 10 years of the Derby, nine of those 10 winners have been within three lengths of the lead at the entire time of the race. So you have to get away and you have to rate close to the pace. It's very hard to win from off the pace. That's why horses are monster prices when they do so, like the Mind That Birds or the Giacomos, because it just doesn't happen that often. So Epicenter definitely has the running style, and this is the horse that's probably been the most consistent coming into this race. What about the favorite much of this week, the 10-horse Zandon? Zandon's interesting because this was a horse that's only had four lifetime starts, and you tend to wonder if it's the recency bias And maybe the fact that the last victory came in Kentucky for the reason Zandon was laid as the favorite. The morning line odds maker, he lives in Kentucky. Churchill Downs in Kentucky. They saw that race out of Zandon, and people were impressed by it. Horse went on to win by two and a half lengths. Smile Happy was the horse that finished a second in that spot. And that horse is 20 to 1 in the Kentucky Derby. I think Zandon ran really well. But again, running style works against the horse a little bit. This is a horse that's going to lay back near the back of the field early on. So everything's going to have to work out perfectly for Zandon to win. Uh, Over the last few weeks, Jim, we've addressed Messier's numbers getting shorter and shorter. We're at single digits. Tell us about the six. You know what? The six Messier, this is a horse coming out of the Santa Anita Derby, Joe. And again, go back over the last 10 years. Four Derby winners final prep was the Santa Anita Derby. Four other Derby winners final preps were the Florida Derby. Messier comes in out of the Santa Anita Derby. And this horse finished second to Taba in that race. But Messier was the horse that pushed along the pace of Forbidden Kingdom. And they went crazy fast on the front end. And Messier still hung around for a very good second place effort. The horse posted a 99 buyer speed figure in the race. This is one of only a couple of horses that's posted a buyer speed figure of over 100, posting a 103 in the Robert B. Lewis. And that was a race where the horse won by 15 lengths. I think Messier has a huge shot. They laid the horse at 8-1 to in the morning line. I'd be shocked if the horse is higher than, say, five or six to one. A pair of horses, 10 to one on the morning line. You mentioned Mo Denegal, a loser on the post position on the inside. And then there's White Abario, also 10 to one, a much different spot at 15. Yeah, and post 15 is actually a great spot for White Abario. And like I mentioned, Santa Anita Derby winners and horses coming out of that race run really well. 
The other race that's the key race is the Florida Derby, and that's the race that White Barrio won. And this was a horse that ran a really nice race in there, rated only a couple of lengths off the pace the entire way around, took over in the lane, went on to win by a length and a quarter. And again, this is a horse that should be able to rate close in the Kentucky Derby. And the one good thing about White Barrio is you look at the horses to the inside, Barbara Road just to his inside doesn't have a ton of speed. Simplification doesn't have enough speed to go with White Barrio. And then you have Taiba a couple of posts away to the outside of that horse, Cyberknife's a horse that's going to settle back early on as well. So White Barrio shouldn't have to really worry about getting jostled around out of the gate. And I think this horse may be in a perfect position. A 12, 12 to 1 on the morning line. How about Taiba? Yeah, another horse that I don't think you're going to see even in double digit odds. If you do, I'd be surprised. You have a Hall of Famer, Mike Smith, in the saddle. This is a horse, only two lifetime starts, and you've never seen a Derby winner off just two lifetime starts. But the buyer speed figure is 103 and 102. This was a horse that actually defeated Messier with a perfect trip in the Santa Anita Derby. But again, lightly raced, still figuring things out. If the horse can figure things out, the numbers definitely show that this is a very legit racehorse. I don't think we're going to get 12 to 1. Jim, I know you. You're always looking for some longer shots. Maybe not to win, to get some better odds on some of your exotics. When we move down the board, 20s, 30s, I know you think we're going to even have longer shots by the time this race starts here, maybe in that 50 to 1 range. What are we thinking for dark horses? You know, one of those that could be a dark horse is the seven horse. That's Crown Pride. This is the Japanese horse, 20 to 1 in the morning line. I'm expecting you're probably going to see closer to 35 or 40 to 1 on this horse. But Japanese horses in the UAE Derby and in all those races in Maidan raced very well. And they were racing against some of the best horses in the world. And that was on Dubai World Cup Day where there were so many different levels of races. Japanese horses won five different races on that card. Crown Pride laid just off the pace of summer as tomorrow in that race and then took over late and has been working really well leading into this race. So that's one of those horses that could be a definite factor. A couple of others to look at there. Again, we talked about the importance of the Florida Derby, Joe. Two horses that finished second and third in there. Charge It and Simplification are both 20 to 1 in the morning lines. Charge It, only three lifetime starts. Raced a little bit greenly, meaning the horse is still figuring things out. Was bobbing and weaving a little bit in the lane in the Florida Derby. And every right to improve. And then Simplification really hasn't done anything wrong. This is a horse that's hit the board in six out of seven with three victories on the year. Both of those horses could be... 20 to one or even higher going into the race. All right, Jim Miller. I can only put the people <laughs> off for so long. I can't make them wait any, any longer. They're getting frustrated with me. Uh, what's your pick? Pace makes the race, Joe. And because of that, you've seen it time and again and again. Look at, look at the horses that have crossed the wire first in the last five years. Medina Spirit, who is speed, authentic, speed, maximum security, speed, justify speed, always dreaming, speed. So pace makes the race. So I'm looking at the horse that I think can make the top in here, and that's going to be the six-horse Messier. I like Messier to go out there to make the lead and everybody else to kind of settle back, and I think they're going to chase this horse the entire way around. White Barrio is the horse that could rate the closest, so White Barrio is the one I'm going to pick second. I think mm-hmm. Epicenter can finish in the mix, but, man, that inside post is really tough, so I put that one in third, but Messier is going to be the horse I put on top. All right, I, I hear a lot of short numbers there. Uh, of the dark horses, which one will you mix in and say your supers and tries? Yeah, when I'm putting uh, horses and supers and tries, and you have to use some prices underneath in the gimmicks, two horses I'm going to use. I am going to use Crown Pride, the Japanese horse, because I think that horse could be a factor. And then the other thing, Joe, that we have to mention too, we're finally kind of working our way out of the pandemic. There could be 150,000 people 
at Churchill Downs on Saturday. So because of that, you want a horse that's proven in front of a crowd. So maybe the 16 Cyberknife at 20 to 1 could be a factor in here. This was a horse that won the Arkansas Derby. There were 60,000 people at Oakland Park that day. So this horse has raced in front of a crowd, has heard the roar of a crowd turning into the stretch, and has been able to respond. So Cyberknife's a horse that I think you can put in the mix at a big, big price too. All right, very good. People have your picks all set. And while they have the Hawthorne app out, what uh, should they bet over at Hawthorne today? You know, we're going to have a couple of races before the Derby that are definitely worth a bet and maybe build that bankroll leading into the Derby. So race number six at Hawthorne is a good allowance race. Bet the three horse like a salt shaker to win. This horse has good early speed. And then we have a stakes race on our card too. Race number seven is the third chance stakes. Bet the six horse dancing at midnight across the board. Another horse with speed that should run really well at Hawthorne. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse and Points Bet Sportsbook at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, you're the man. Best of luck today. Hey, man, let's make a lot of money, Joe. Enjoy it. I'm at Joe Ostrowski on Twitter, at Joe Ostrowski. You know, different informed opinions are a good thing when we're talking about a wide open race like today's Derby. We'll hear from an insider that is taking a different approach from Jim's next. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The Score listener line is open 24-7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. 670, the score on Derby Day. We just heard from Jim Miller. Here's another insightful analyst. Big horse player from WEEI in Boston. Mike Mutnansky with me on BetQL Daily, starting with this 20-horse field. There's not just one horse that stands out that feels like it's going to be a big-time favorite. It's going to go wire to wire and win. There are a bunch of legitimate win candidates uh, from across the country, from California, from Kentucky, from Florida. Uh, it is a really good field this year. And there's been some bad derby fields uh, over the years. But I think that's what people are excited about for, as far as betting the race because there are legitimate contenders and there's real talent here. Like I could imagine these horses meeting up throughout the Triple Crown and at the end of the year in the Breeders' Cup, and us looking back and saying, this is one of the best three-year-old crops we've had in the last decade or so. Mike, can you tell me a little strategy and how you bet the Derby? I'm also curious, just in general, trends-wise, how the favorites usually do. Uh, it's a great question. Now, this, this has changed, Aaron, in, since 2013. The process to qualify for the Derby used to be basically how much money you made in, in important races for two- and three-year-olds. And what that did was that, that brought sprinting horses that weren't bred to go a mile and a quarter. They, you know, they're six, seven furlong horses. It qualified them for the Derby. And so you had absolute chaos. You had a lot of speed horses that shouldn't be running that far, and it set it up for the closers. Since 2013, with this new point system, favorites have won six of the last nine derbies. And in those nine races, they've won first six times, and then a second, third, and fourth. So the favorite has never been outside the top four since they mm -hmm. went to the new point system. And I think people need to be aware of that. The, the chaos, and we, we all want big prices, and we all want to make a million dollars in the Derby. The reality is the new system favors horses with speed and favors horses that are getting bet on the day, especially on the win end. So favorites do well in this new setup for the Derby. As far as my approach to it, it's sort of like Super Bowl for, for all of us that bet football, right? We're going to bet it because the Super Bowl, but it's not going to make or break our year. Uh, and so I have opinions on the race, and I think the horse that I'm going to key on to win, uh, that horse is the number three horse, Epicenter. Uh, he's 7-2 on the morning line. He's the second choice. Uh, he's a fast horse. 
He ran a great prep race. And one thing I, I like about this horse, he was a speed horse for most of his career in the last race. They held him off the pace. He showed a different running style. And that is the sign of talent in a three-year-old horse. And I think this running style will suit him fine in this race. I expect him to be fourth or fifth heading into the first turn and get sort of a perfect inside trip. And so my betting strategy is going to be keying my day around epicenter, uh, running first, second, or third, other horses I like. And if that happens, then, then hopefully we're cashing tickets. Mutt, if you had to pick a long shot, what, what's your pick? Uh, g- give us a, a horse or two down the board that you, you at least think is intriguing here. Well, charge is one of the two at 20 to one or better that, I, that I'm going to be interested in using uh, for sure. Uh, coming out of the Florida Derby, he's a young horse. I, I think it's one of these horses that would not surprise me if you know, he runs an okay race here. But then he's even better in the Belmont. Todd Pletcher does a great job. Todd Pletcher is trainer at getting horses ready for the final leg of the Triple Crown. This is only his third start of his career. All three have happened this year. He has really, really good talent. And I, I'm going to use him underneath for sure at 20 to 1. The other one, who is 20 to 1, I think you get every bit of that, is the number 12, 13 horse, excuse me, Simplification, who ran in the Florida Derby against a bunch of these last time out and just was part of a pace that collapsed. And I mentioned Classic Causeway. He was battling Classic Causeway early in the Florida Derby. Classic Causeway ran dead last. Simplification held on for third. And I think he got a, a bad uh, setup in that race. He'll get a much better setup in this one. Jose Ortiz, one of the best jockeys in the country. And so at 20 to 1, Simplification is actually the horse that I uh, pick second in this race. The most interesting horse is a horse named Taba on the outside. And he's going to get a lot of buzz. I know my buddy Matt Bernier from NBC Sports Edge, he likes this horse. This horse is making it the third start of his career. He had no starts as a two-year-old. Uh, if he wins, guys, I lose. If, if Tabe is able to find a way to win this race, I just can't imagine a horse with that little seasoning, the number 12 horse for Timmy Yock team and Mike Smith, the veteran jockey. That's a horse that I'm against in this one. In fact, both California horses, Messier named after Mark Messier, and Taba are two horses that if they're in the top uh, you know, finishers in the race, I will not be cashing. So some different ideas. That was WEEI's Mike Butnanski. See, I side with Jim on this one. I like the six Messier and 12 Tabo. When in doubt, go with the Baffert horses or the former Baffert ponies. Some amazing trends there from Mutt. Good stuff. Best of luck with your Derby, NBA, NHL, MLB plays today inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next on the score. Talk during the week. BetQL Daily, 8 to 11 a.m. on the Odyssey app, Twitch, 105.9 FM, HD2. And also my Tuesday through Friday hits on The Score. Cash those tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.